Why don't you all turn into your Bibles to Matthew 9. That's where we'll start this morning talking about what it is to shepherd. And so we'll be taking the next few weeks. We feel like this is something that God has worked in our church. We realize that different churches have different strengths. And so he calls us to different things. But we feel like uh, one of the things Christ is calling this church to is to be a church that shepherds one another. Uh, We don't say that because we're good at it. um, And that's one of our strengths, but because it's one of our weaknesses. And uh, so we're delving into that for the next few weeks, at least. Uh, This morning, uh, as you think about uh, this message, uh, I I was thinking of titling it, So You Want to Be a Shepherd. But uh, for most of us, we would say, no, I I really don't want to be a shepherd. Uh, I don't want to be responsible. I don't want, I just want to take care of myself. And that should be good enough. Uh, And yet, um, I want to tell you that we're in a difficult situation because we all have relationships with people where they look to us for shepherding. Uh, They wonder what to do and then they look to us and they're looking for some guidance. Uh, If you're an elder in this church, uh, God has got you in an official role. We'll talk about that in the weeks to come. If you're a, uh, a husband here today, guess what? Whether you like it or not, there's a role for you as a shepherd to your wife. And as parents here today, you say, well, you know, my kids are grown. It, it, it doesn't matter. He has put you in a role of shepherding. And some of you are going, well, I'm never going to get married and have kids then. I hate to break it to you. Uh, if you are an older sibling, guess what? Uh, just by age, there's people looking up to you. Uh, If you have friends at school, guess what? There's people looking to you. I heard a story in between services. I didn't get a chance to use it in the first service because I didn't know it. Uh, One of the ladies of the church came up to me and she said they had some friends in Northern California who had uh, sheep and they had them on a huge piece of property. They had them grazing. You know, there wasn't fences. And part of their property uh, was... uh, Railroad went through there. And uh, one sheep went onto the railroad. And guess what the rest of the sheep did? Oh, this is a nice path. It's a walking path, you know, it's straight. And a train came and there was sheep everywhere. And you get this picture and you go, how dumb is that? You know, one sheep wanders on it. What a picture. And, and that's the picture. As I think about shepherding, there's this sense where whether we want to or not, we have impact one to another. And there's a role for us to shepherd one another. And definitely in our official titles of elder, husband, father, big brother, big sister, There's rules, there's people watching. And so this morning, as we look at shepherding, I realized that uh, some people would equate that word shepherding also to leadership. And you say, well, uh, to be a shepherd is to be a leader. And so I need to be a good leader. The problem with that is that leadership in our world today uh, tends to be a business model, a political model, or a sports model. Okay, Uh, in the business world, uh, you know, you'll read a book and you'll say, uh, 
make sure you're, there's some distance between you and your employees where they know that you're the boss and they're the employee. Make sure uh, that when you give orders to them, you make them clear and succinct and with a little bit of fear in them so they know that their job is on the line. And, and all these different things leadership-wise of how to lead. And then at the end of the day, if they don't work out, get rid of them. Get rid of them. Politically, uh, it's all about strategy, right? Your, how to get elected and then how to get uh, what your constituents want or the people who have paid you off want. And then uh, you, you get in there and it's all maneuvering. Is that shepherding? You think the sports world, probably one of our favorite ones. And uh, we look to uh, coaches and, and managers and we say, boy, this is a great manager, a good coach. And how are they great? Um, it's that they motivate and they can get young men or young women to do uh, something unusual. But the problem with that uh, is one that, you know, when I, when I was young, I collected baseball cards and I kind of like to say that in the past tense, but it's not really true. Um, but I still, I, I still like that. I remember as a, a young boy, I had this card that was so awesome. It was a Dave Kingman rookie card. Um, and I, I was like, man, this guy's the best home run hitter ever. And uh, the problem with that is some of you don't even know who Dave Kingman is, right? You know why? Uh, because they tossed him to the curb, you know, he was good one year and then he was kind of good the next year. And the next year he struck out too many times and then eventually got replaced and went into this, you know, who, who ever heard of that guy? And that's the world that we live in, especially when it comes to sports. You can be the best in the world one year and then nobody cares about you the next. But that's not shepherding. And so we come to God's word. And what we're going to do this morning, I'll just tell you, uh, it was going to be one message, but now it's going to be a two-parter next week as well. I'm already done, actually. Uh, but um, we're going to look look to our Heavenly Father, look to Son Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit that, that, that works in us. Because as we see how... how his relationship with us impacts us. That will now be our model as we relate one to another in a shepherding relationship. I realize when I say the word relationship, some of you are like, oh, um, I'm better at like the paint by number type thing. You know, just tell me what to do and have a good plan. And in the end, it'll look beautiful. Right. Um, that's not what this is about. As we look the next two weeks, uh, God has a relationship with us. And in shepherding, he calls us to have a relationship one to another. It's not just about having the right rules. It's not just about doing the right thing or having the right plan. In fact, some of you, uh, this relationship thing is so foreign. Uh, I, I want to tell you, it's kind of foreign to me too. Um, we Relationships make us nervous. When we don't know what's going to happen in a relationship, it makes us nervous. Uh, some of you might call me up and say, hey, Kevin, um, we need to get together and talk. And you know what most of the time I'll say? Oh, great. What about? And what I'm doing is I'm trying to make sure I want to talk to you. Uh, 
And you say, oh, I just got some stuff I've been thinking about talking to you about. And I say, oh, okay, how about Thursday? And, and then I hang up the phone and I go, they didn't tell me what we were going to talk about. Was it something I said last week in church? Was I supposed to do something that they're mad at me about? Did I, did I look at him wrong? Like, and I started going through in my mind the hundreds of possibilities. And then when I get to the end of those hundred possibilities, I start going, oh, no, is something going wrong in their life? Oh, no, is it their marriage? Oh, no, is it their kids? Oh, no. And I start, and, and I'm just exhausted from guessing why we're going to talk, right? Why? Because I fear relationships. Relationships are, are just living life together, talking about what's going on and listening and talking and backing and forth. And, and, and it doesn't matter what we talk about because we're in relationship. So we better pray. So let's do that right now. God, um, we're afraid of so many things. And yet, uh, God, we seem ill-equipped for relationship one, for, one to another. And yet, uh, God, I ask that you would thrill us with what you've done for us, that we might uh, understand and feel the, um, the strength that we might go out and shepherd as you've called us to. God, I ask uh, you'd give us open hearts to hear your word. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. In Matthew chapter 9, um, it's really where we ended last week as we talked about um, just the intro to shepherding. And I believe it's really the foundation of what we get in relationship with God. And this is how it starts in chapter 9, verse 36. Jesus is going about doing his ministry. And as he goes about his ministry, he's seeing crowds all the time. Um, and this is what it says. He thought this is his heart. Um, when he saw the crowds, verse 36, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. That's that. That's how Jesus looked at the world. And as he sees even us apart from him, he looks upon us and he says that he has a heart of compassion. Why? Because of where they're at. Because of the danger of their life. Harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. As you think about that, uh, Jesus was driven by heartache. Driven by heartache. His heart broke for his sheep. As he looked at people, uh, you, you know, this is hard for us to really care, to really allow our heart to be broken. Most of the time we don't allow it to be broken, right? We protect ourselves. Relationships, not, uh, I'm not going to care about that person because I might have my heart broken. Uh, I might let them get too close and care too much about them. And then uh, I'll have my heart broken. I can't do that. I've got to protect myself. In fact, uh, especially in a group like like us all, uh, most of us consider ourselves fairly responsible, right? We uh, 
blow through life. We, we kind of see obstacles and we figure out a way to, to work them and we pull ourselves up and we make it happen and we, we drive through it. And so what that makes us as we look at other people struggling, as we consider people who have failed in sin, you know what we say? Stop it. Get up. Why don't you do something about it? Why'd you make so many stupid decisions? If you quit making stupid decisions, your life will get better and you'll be like me. I think of Jesus and how he dealt with people. And it's, a, it's an incredible study of just taking people as, as they related with Jesus. And he didn't say to them, quit being so stupid. Stop it. Just work harder. Jesus' heart broke. Broke. When he saw sinful people, his heart broke. When he saw uh, those who were sheep wandering outside the fold, he didn't go, well, just get over here. His heart broke. I, I realize that part of that is just scary for us. It's like watching um, a scary movie and going, oh, I don't want to watch this anymore. I'm going to have bad dreams. Uh, or, or you see an accident and initially you're drawn to it just because you're nosy people. Um, you're, you're looking, hey, I wonder, wonder if things happening. There's an ambulance. I wonder. But then there are other gruesome sites where you go, I can't look anymore. I can't look. And Why? I can't look because of what it will do to me. I want you to get this picture that Jesus, as he looked upon the crowds, he didn't say, oh, I don't want to ever see that again. Uh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about other things. No, his heart broke. He allowed his heart to be broken. And in compassion, he looked on and he says, that my heart breaks because they're harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. So if you're going to be a shepherd, if you're going to make impact, you need to be willing and driven, actually, by heartbreak. That you're connected with them because you see the situation they're in. You know what? That's hard. That's hard. As an elder of the church here, to really care about the needs of people, it's hard. Because there's a sense of inability. Uh, Jesus obviously could do all, all that the, you know, he's God in the flesh. And so he could do. And yet, as elders, we sit and we go, I, I, I see the hurt and the, the pain, but, I, but I'm ill-equipped and I don't have the resources personally to do anything about it. How about you as a, uh, a father or as a husband, as you look upon your wife and your children and you see them hurt, it... it being the fix-it men, right? We can fix anything. We can figure it out. Uh, relationship stuff isn't that easy, is it? And as you see your, your wife's heart break or your kid's heart break, you go, I, I can't do it for you. And so uh, we must be willing uh, to have our hearts broken as Christ was. Turn over to John chapter 10. John chapter 10, and uh, you know, I, I sh- shared this last week. John chapter 10 is just one of those great shepherding passages. 
that along with Psalm 23. But John chapter 10, Jesus lays out uh, his shepherding role as the good shepherd. And, you know, we can't be the good shepherd, but as we follow after him and as he has treated us, we treat one another. We can also be a good shepherd uh, to those he brings us in relationship with. If you look at verse 11, 11 through 13, this is what it says. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. As you, as you look at that, what, what do you see that Jesus was willing to do and actually did? What did he do? He laid down his life for the sheep. What, what do you think about as a shepherd? As a shepherd, willing to lay down your life for the sheep. I think that most of us understand this as a leadership uh, idea, right? The best leader would be the one who's out in front. The one who is willing to pay the price. And so everyone else is inspired behind him. And yet you get the picture here uh, of something so unusual that the shepherd has his sheep. He's got his, you know, hundred sheep or so. And he's taking care of them, and danger comes. Predators are coming. And so what the shepherd says, what this good shepherd says, is that he is willing to lay down his life for the safety of the sheep. That he's willing to give his life so the sheep would be okay. And so there's a picture of him placing his life in between danger and the sheep. Now, most of us, uh, have that picture, especially as men. Oh yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. Uh, in fact, if we feel uncertain uh, about our safety, we're going to go out and we're going to buy a gun. <laughs> we're going to buy a gun. In fact, uh, in our in our society today, we're talking about place of guns, right? Should people be allowed to have guns? And one of the great arguments is for my protection. And I should be able to have a gun and stand in the way of danger coming against my family. And so there's something uh, in us men and ladies too. I mean, have you ever gotten in the way of a crazy mom? Have you ever done that? I wouldn't suggest it. I wouldn't suggest it. Okay. Uh, there's no, there's no negotiation in that situation. It's just, yeah. Anyways, um, but, but you get the picture of, you know, you say, I will protect my family. But this is the, the, the difference between the shepherd. We're not talking about having firepower here. We're talking about the shepherd laying down his life. I will give up my life so that the sheep can get away, can be protected, can be free. You say, I'm in, I'm in, I'll do it. I'll be a shepherd. The difficulty, men, is this. Will you lay down your life? Will you set it aside for your wife? 
And you say, oh, yeah, I, I, you know, buy the gun, I'd stand it. No, 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 I'm not talking about the big grand things that they would make a movie about. I'm talking about the simple things. Will you come home and after a hard day and you say, hey, how was your day? And she says it was awful. Will you sit and listen? Will you sit and listen and give up? Give up what you want to do. Will you lay down your life at that point? Even if she talks a long time. As long as it takes. Some of your wives talk a lot. I'm not talking about all, all ladies here. Some of you are offended and we're going to have an appointment next week. Cause, um, I, so are you willing, are you willing men to take as long as it takes? Are you willing to die to yourself in that situation? Are you willing to say, I put myself in the back seat? Are you willing, you know, think, of, think about this, parents. Are you willing to give up your hopes and dreams so that you would shepherd your children? It takes time. You say, well, we've had this goal and this plan since we first got married. And then we had kids and it's kind of, we need to stick to this goal. No, you don't. No, you don't. Because I tell you, if God blesses you with children, uh, he uses them to kick your dreams and splatter them to the side. And he says, I have a new plan for you. It's this one right here. Are you willing to die? Are you willing to give it up, whatever it is, whatever it takes? You see, that's dying, right? It's to say, you know, I'll stand there, I'll stand there. And the picture, Christ had not died yet, but he says, I am willing to die for my sheep. Even if it costs everything, I'm willing to do it for the sheep that are behind me. So you want to be a shepherd? Care enough to give your life. And real simply, care more about them than you do about you. I just don't feel like I want to do that. I don't feel like that would be best for my life. I don't feel like that's a good course for me. Who cares? Do you want to be a shepherd? Do you want to fulfill your role as a husband, parent? You want to make impact in someone's life, your peers, your siblings? Got to be willing to lay down your life to make it more about them than about you. In the same passage, it brings up, that was number two, care enough to give your life. Number three, same passage. If you're going to be a shepherd, you need to walk with your sheep in hardship. Walk with your sheep in hardship. Uh Verse 11 again, uh, he says, I'm the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And then he goes on to explain that, that there are other shepherds, not really shepherds. They're, in this passage, they're called hirelings. Uh, in, in verse 12, it says, he is a hired hand and not a shepherd. I'm sorry, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Verse 12, he who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves. He leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. And verse 13 tells us why. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Cares nothing for them. Um, 
it's just a job. It's just a job. It's just a position, a role, right? And it's not just a role. There's a sense in which, and this is all of life, all jobs are easy one time or another, right? There's a sense of simplicity and, and just beauty to a particular job. You know, you get a paycheck. The work's not that hard. It's not that overwhelming. The people are nice. Everything's fine. That's true for being a shepherd as well. You get this picture, you know, they make pictures. They draw pictures of things like this where the sheep are in the pasture. The grass is green. The shepherd's sitting on the rock. There are no wolves and everything. Everything's fine. That doesn't happen very often, by the way. In shepherding, that doesn't happen very often. But there are times, there are times. There's, there's a sense of like ease to it all. But the picture here that Jesus says, that, that he portrays himself as the good shepherd, is this. When danger comes, there's not a sense of bolting and running as the shepherd. There's not a sense of trading in this career for something easier, but there's a sense of now is my time to shine. Now is my time to get involved. I don't bolt and run because these are my sheep and a shepherd's job is to keep them from danger. I heard um, a police chief uh, many years ago, he was giving a, um, a speech to a graduating class of police officers, fresh, you know, they're graduating, they've received their training. And and he said something interesting that I know most police officers have heard before, is how weird it is to be a police officer because you're trained when you hear gunshot to do what? To run and go see what's going on. And everyone else... Duck and hide, right? We're like, there's gunshots over there. I go over there. I'm out of here. And that's the the picture of a shepherd. Is when danger comes, when problems come, they don't say, I'm out of here. They say, I'm in there. You think about this in terms of the church. The church. Um Everyone wants to go to a great church. Everyone wants to go to a perfect church and where all their friends go and where it's always happy and, and, and everyone's singing and smiling and birds are chirping indoors. You know, they, 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 they want it all to be great. And, and some of you have had this in and out relationship with the church. You said, you know, I'm, I'm with those people unless it starts getting and then I'm just backing away. Problems make me back away. I get it. I get it. Okay. As a pastor, sometimes uh, you look at me and you go, you, you, you have a warped view of life. You know, you don't have a, you only, you have a job that you only work one day a week. And, uh, you know, you're always around Christians and, you know, it's just, it's not real. I, I get it. I get it. But the picture of being a shepherd is that you're in when it's hard times. You're walking with people through difficult things. It, you think about that in marriage. It's pretty easy to get married. Did you know that? Did everyone know that? Yeah, I mean, I, I know it seems like a big deal when you're doing it, when you're planning a wedding and you say, oh, oh I'm so stressed out. I'm planning my wedding. And I'm going, I ain't seen nothing yet. You know, uh, 
don't say that to them, but you, you can think it in your own heart, right? You can say, you know, it's nothing. It's nothing because it isn't. It's easy to get married. In fact, you know, most weddings are half hour to 45 minutes. Boom, it's done, right? A lot of planning for half hour to 45 minutes. Anyways, but you get that. And then it's like, well, what happens next? What happens next? Oh, we go on a honeymoon. Everything's great. And we set up our little house, which is a lot littler, hopefully, than we live in later on. But, uh, all, you know, you, you're setting up your house. But what happens? What happens when you lose your job? Ooh, I don't want to be a part of this. This isn't fun anymore. What happens when you feel distant and your lives are going this way and you're missing and you say, that's just too hard. A shepherd says, this is my time to shine. This is, this is where I'm going to get in there and get in their relationship. And I'm going to see how we can work this out. You think about it with kids. Hey, it's easy to have kids too, right? It is. It's simple. I mean, as a man, I say that to you, you know. But what do you do when they're yours? What do you do when they're yours? You know what? Kids are a pain. Kids are a pain. Present company excluded is what I'm saying. Your present company. But they cause heartache, right? And when, like, when does that end? When does that end? I, I think about, I, I've, I've ruined some of you young parents because you've been telling me about, you know, how tired you are. And, and I remember being tired and going, oh, I just can't wait till, you know, I, I have so much more energy when this phase of life is done. And, and the problem is, you, you know, you don't get any sleep when they're young, but when they get older, they might be sleeping fine, but you aren't. You're you're concerned about them. You're 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 wondering about them. You're you're thinking through their problems, and you're going, "Oh, I wish I could just fix it for them." You know, when they had a dirty diaper, a simple simple deal. You know, you just change the diaper, done. Their, their problems are gone. And yet, as you go on, your heart is with them. And I, some of you are looking at me right now, and you're going, "You, you ain't seen nothing yet." You know what happens when they go away? And your heart is still there as a shepherd, and you desire. You know what? This this is the deal. This is the deal. That God's commitment to us, that His heart, as Christ came, He says, "I am not a hireling in your life. I'm your shepherd." I'm your good shepherd. I will not leave you. I'm with you. When danger comes, I, I run to it. I'm with you. I will walk you through danger. The picture here is not we shepherd when times are good. And if it doesn't work out, we just go on to the next thing. We walk with the sheep in hardship. I will not leave. I will not leave. Turn over to Psalm 121. Psalm 121 uh, shares with us part of what it is to be a shepherd. If you look down at uh, verse 3, I want to read verses 3 through 5. Says this of our Father in heaven. He says, He will not let your foot be moved. 
He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is shade on your right hand. And it goes on to talk about this sweet relationship. What this picture is, is this, that it speaks of our shepherd as our keeper and that one who's always watching the watchful eye. We've talked about this before, uh, about how being a shepherd is just a, uh, a security guard, right? A security guard that he's watching, he's keeping security for the hundred sheep. Now, uh, when you have one that's not a very good security guard, what are they doing? They're sleeping. They're doing something else. They're reading. They're too lazy to go check that door. They just say, ah, I'm sure everything will be fine. And sometimes it is without a security guard. Did you know that? You know, there's a sense in which you can for many days uh, be neglectful and maybe nothing will happen until danger comes, right? And so you get this picture of a shepherd uh, being out in the field. And it's got to be tiring, right? Every, Every job is tiring. And yet, when can the shepherd sleep? Well, when he's not needed, when somebody else is on duty. But the picture here of our Lord is this, that he doesn't sleep. He's not a napper. He's not one who says, oh, they'll be fine without me. What he's doing, he's keeping alert He's watching their feet. He's watching out for danger. And this picture is so beautiful because what it shows, it's not just counting sheep. The, the shepherd, part of it is he's going, okay, there's that sheep. There's, okay, are they all here? Are they all here? That's important, right? If you get uh, in your home at the end of the day and all the people that you're the shepherd over in your home aren't there, there's a problem, Okay. Don't just go, oh, I'm sure they'll show up in the next few days. I hope they'll, I hope they'll come around again. Shepherd, you say you're on duty. What's going on? But I want to tell you that it doesn't just stop there. As you think about shepherding your home and the elders of this church, how that works, and we're working on it. We, we're thinking it through. We're trying to figure out how to do this. But it's not just saying, are you here? It's not just an attendance record, Right? Uh, you can be there and still not be okay. What a shepherd was doing, and, and not all shepherds do this, but the good shepherd does this. He says, hey, okay, so you're here. I see you. Are you okay? And the sheep says, yeah, I'm doing fine. And, and the shepherd thinks, are you really doing fine? You don't look so good. You look like your leg's not working. Is your leg working okay? You know, you haven't looked like you've eaten in a while. Have you eaten? You know, there's a sense of conversation and care for each one. Why? Because they're the shepherd. And they're not willing to not watch, to be asleep at the wheel. This is, I want to say this, okay? Uh, Shepherding is not like autotopia. You know what autotopia is? It's that place in Disneyland, right? Well, they'll let anybody drive there. Why? Because there's a track. And you just push the gas and it doesn't go very fast and you can't get off the track. I've tried. I've tried. 
I've tried. You know, I've, I've tried to work the, the engineering of it. You go all the way to the side and then you punch it as hard as you can and crank the wheel. You just can't get off the track. I want to tell you for each one of your sheep, they can and will apart from your watchful eye. And so there's a sense of uh, going around to those. Are you okay? Are you okay spiritually? What's going on in your life? Who who are the other sheep that you're hanging out with? It matters. It it matters so much that you sometimes you say, don't hang out with those sheep anymore. They're sick and they're going to get you sick. They're dumb and they're going to stand on those railroad tracks and you're going to get splattered. That's the heart of a shepherd. He says, I'm always on duty. I will not slumber. I want to tell you, uh, shepherds and sheep, it, it seems easier just to coast in life. Uh, one of the phrases that I hear all the time is, I'm so tired. You know, I've been doing this for so long. I'm so tired. I want to tell you, if you're going to be a good shepherd, even when you're tired, even when you're tired, Check out your sheep. Watch. Listen. Dial in with them. Check in with them. As we look uh, at one more point. I know some people are getting restless. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Turn over to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Um, and I, I want to tell you, this is super practical, what I'm going to say right now, what we're going to look at, as well as um, I, I, think, I think if we could work on this shepherding aspect, both in our church and our homes, it would revolutionize what's going on there, okay? John chapter 14, uh, Jesus is talking, uh, and he, he wants to share with his people really towards the end of his ministry, uh, he wants to share with them uh, what he gives them and brings them. And we see this in other places as well, but I love the way Jesus said it. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give, but not your heart be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Jesus says, "I, I give to you, I bring to you my peace. I, I give it to you. And you say, well, what does this have to do with shepherding? It's, it's a very important. Turn over to Psalm 23. Some of you already know it, right? Psalm 23, you can turn over there and we'll look at that in a minute. But what Jesus, what we get in relationship to him is peace. I've heard it said many different ways. I've heard people talk about it in their their testimony. They they look at their lives and they say, my life was filled with chaos. It was filled with chaos. I was doing this. I was doing that. Uh, My family was a mess. Everything was a mess in my life. And I came to know Jesus and I realized I now had his peace. Had his peace. And what's interesting about that is that many times their life didn't change at all. There was still a bunch of chaos, but what they had in the midst of that chaos was his peace, the shepherd's peace. If you look over in uh, Psalm 23, Psalm 23 says this, you know, we'll just look at the first kind of half of it. It says this, the Lord is my shepherd. 
I shall not want. You know, he, he fulfills my wants, right? He takes care of the things that I'm straining and struggling for. He makes me lie down in green pastures. You get that picture? I like the way it says he makes me. Some of you are kind of keyed up. And what the father says, he goes, right here, right here. Lay down, lay down. It's time to lay down. It's a good spot for you. What else does he say? He leads me beside still waters. He takes me to that sweet spot and he says, this is good for you. This water, these waters are good for you. This isn't going to cause you harm. Green pastures. He takes care of my wants. He gives me those waters. He restores my soul. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. He gives us his presence. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He gives us his comfort. You get the picture? What do we have in relationship with God? He quiets us down. He, he, he takes us and he settles us down. I, I, want, I want you to make this connection. One of the most dangerous things for animals, uh, like sheep, and it's particularly sheep, um, is when one of them gets stirred up. You know why? So, so if one of them gets spooked and runs, you know what the rest of the, the flock does? They look at him and they go, oh, that stupid sheep. <laughs> they'll come back eventually. They just got spooked. You know, they'll, they'll come back. You know, they just got all wound up and they'll come back. That's not what they do. You know what they do? When one bolts and runs, the other one that's looking at him goes, oh, no. <laughs> and what do they do? They start running. And the rest see them and they go, we got to run. Why do we got to run? I don't know, but we're running. And what happens, they trample one another. They twist their, their legs in various places because they're just stampeding. And what happens is they scatter. And they get separated from one another. Why? I don't know. We're just running. <laughs> we just thought there was danger. It just seemed like there was. Why? Because everybody else was doing it. it just, I, I just felt nervous because everyone else was nervous. Do you see what happens? And, and let's put it in your family right now. Let's put it in this church. What do you bring to the table? What do you bring to the relationship? I want to tell you that some of you, some of you, and I'll say this is all of us, all of us. Sometimes what we bring in relationship is we stir up the other sheep. We cut, we're stirred up in our own soul and what we come and we say, oh no, we're going to die. And everyone goes, oh no, why are we going to die? And in the church here, someone says, oh, there's an emergency. And you say, oh, what's the emergency? And you say, we don't have enough chairs. And we say, oh no, what are we going to do? And the two of us go, oh no, what are we going to do? We don't have enough chairs. And we go to someone else and we say, we're all out of chairs. What are we going to do? And we're looking, we're looking for that one person to say, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. No, it's not. We're not going to have chairs. 
He said, it's going to be all right. God's taking care of bigger things than a few chairs. He loves you, cares for you. He's willing to lay down his life for the sheep. I think he can handle the chairs. Well, what are we going to do? We'll take him from another room. (laughs) We can't. There's none in there either. Oh, no, we really are in trouble. We'll buy some more. We don't have any money. We don't have any money. I got it. We'll sit on the floor. We'll be just fine. God's got this. You see, the beautiful picture of what God does for us, he takes our anxious thoughts, our crazy thoughts, our bolt and run type thoughts. And he says, here, I got a good spot for you. It's a green pasture. Lay down, lay down. I provided for you water you need to drink. I got it taken care of. Yeah, but there's, there's scary things around there. Rod and the staff, I'll take care of it, okay? I'm on duty. I'm on duty. I've got you. And what what we do, what we should be doing, and, and uh, you know, there's a test here, right? Um, do you bring peace to your relationship or do you stir it up? In your marriage, do you stir things up or do you quiet things down? In your relationship with your kids, do you jump into their drama? Do you jump into their drama and get dramatic yourself? Or are you the one that brings the good shepherd into those situations and says, God's got this. I feel anxious as well. I struggle with things as well. But God has got this. We can trust him. In this church, um, as you think about your relationships one to another, are you ones that, that bring God into the relationship that nothing is a big deal for him? Uh, there's some of us who like to say, yeah, it's no big deal. But we should really say, yeah, it's no big deal in the Lord, in the Lord. It's no big deal in the Lord. It might be a big deal to me and you. It may be something that we can't see anything, any way out. But in the Lord, it's no big deal for him. This is what it is to be a shepherd. I want to say one more thing uh, just in closing. Um, we have no resources to do this. We have no resources. We're bankrupt to do this apart from a relationship with God. These aren't just leadership tips, you know, shepherding tips uh, that you can do. But if we have not received his shepherding, if he has not worked in our life, we have nothing to hand out to those other shepherding relationships. So if you failed, you're not alone. You're not alone. This is overwhelming. But we depend on the grace of God poured out to us as we seek to shepherd in those roles that he's given us. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for being the God that you are. I'm overwhelmed uh, at what you do. And just even as I read it in your word, and then I reflect on how you have uh, shepherded me, uh, God, I'm so thankful. Uh, I'm so thankful that I have the good shepherd. He's mine. God, I, I pray that that you would help us to uh, fulfill our roles in shepherding, that we would willingly find that spot and be thrilled that you have allowed us opportunity like this. God, I pray that we would not do it on our own, that we would not uh, just trust in our own smarts and uh, stick to 
but that we would trust in uh, your resources that you have given us in your love, in your son Jesus, and the Holy Spirit that indwells us. God, do your work in this church, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being here today. You are dismissed.